We are continuing in our series, This Is Us, this morning, talking about relationships and how we are affected by relationships. We usually take the month of November at Mount Hope to look at relationships, and we do this because we are all in relationships, and so we ought to take some time, at least once a year, to look at what God has to say about the relationships that we are in. We're all a part of some kind of us. So last week we talked about marriages and how we are a part of us. And I talked about how just being an us, more than one person, creates complications. Talked about how for me, when Wendy was gone for a while, it's easier to make the bed when there's just a me and there's not an us. And some of you took that very seriously because I got texts the next morning from a couple guys. One guy texted me and said, Pastor, I got up and I made the bed. And I thought, that's, you know, that was great. I I don't know if that was totally what the sermon was about, but that was great. But then another guy texted me and said, Pastor, I got up and I made my half of the bed. And I thought, this definitely wasn't what the sermon was about, but maybe that's 100% improvement, half the bed. I don't know uh, for them, but... Having an us makes things complicated. But at least with the us of marriage, a husband and a wife coming together, two adults coming together, you pretty much have two people who hopefully, you know, can dress themselves and feed themselves coming together. But this morning, I want to talk about that other us when you bring another person into the us that cannot necessarily dress themselves and feed themselves. I want to talk about the us of parenting this morning and Christian parenting. And if you're here this morning and you are not a parent, don't worry, you don't get to take a nap. This applies to you too. Because really the us of Christian parenting is really about discipleship. And it's about how we disciple. Specifically, how parents are to disciple children. But I think all the things we're going to talk about this morning are general principles of how any person actually disciples and passes on their faith to another person. Um, But the us of parenting specifically, uh, it gets more complicated when you bring a little them into the us, right? So it's me plus you equals us, but if it's me plus you plus them equals us, then it gets complicated at times. And those of you that uh, are parents or no parents uh, or have parents, so that's all of us, uh, know that it gets complicated. Uh, I remember how complicated it got just in our house when we brought our son home for the first time because our house suddenly got complicated. Our house was clean and nice and then all of a sudden you bring a kid home and it gets complicated because you bring that kid home and all of a sudden he has more places to sit in the house than you do. Have you ever noticed that? You ever notice how many seats a kid needs that can't even sit? Like we bring him home in a seat and, and then there's a high chair seat that he can't even use and we got a a, a, a bouncy seat and a swinging seat and a walking seat and then we got a car seat that's like a transformer it's like Optimus Prime they get older you know it goes one way and then it goes the other way and then it comes apart and turns into a a booster seat and then we had something how many of you have a little kids have a bumbo seat any of you have the bumbo seat you love the bumbo seat right Now, the bumbo seat's awesome, but here's the thing. When my kids were young, the bumbo seat was like, it was coming out, it just had a recall, and you couldn't, they couldn't sell them anymore, and so you had to go like to the dark web and to the black market of baby products, and just like on the sly, be like, you got a bumbo seat? (laughs) 
You know, how much you want for your bumbo seat? Because the bumbo seat's awesome. But you got all these things. It complicates things. Your life gets complicated. Some of you came here this morning and you barely made it here because your wife's out of town. She's at the retreat. And, um, and you know that your life is complicated at times with little kids. Here's how it went. And I will tell you this. If you've got little kids and that's you this morning, it gets better in some ways. In some ways, it gets harder. There's some things that get hard, but some things get easier. Like my kids this morning got up and dressed themselves. Trust me, it happens. It will come if you got little kids. But here's how it used to go when I, my kids were little and my wife would go on the ladies retreat uh, every year and she'd be gone all weekend and she would come back and she would have this wonderful glow about her. And she just was like, I've just been with the Lord and I've been with other women and it's so good, and I've got so many words to share of what God has done, and it's just beautiful, and she's refreshed, and I'm glad that she's refreshed, and I'm glad that she had such a wonderful time. But then she asked the question. You know what question comes next? So what'd you guys do? <laughs> or sometimes it's, so how was your weekend? And I'm like, I got the kids, and I'm like, they're alive. <laughs> they're here. It's like a war zone. You know, there's plates stacked up in the kitchen. There's Cheerio shrapnel everywhere. And there's like, you know, the, my daughter's hair is, I thought it was a braid. It's more of a square knot. And they're, they're dressed, but they don't match. But I think they're in their own clothes, you know. And I'm like, you know, this is it. You know, it was touch and go for a while, but we made it. You know, it was, you know, one of them almost went AWOL. The neighbor had to outflank them. We had to call in some reserve troops to make it work, but we did it. And maybe that's the way you feel this morning. You're like, we barely made it, but we made it. It gets better, but in some ways it gets harder. And those of you that have older kids, you know what I'm talking about. Because their questions get harder, right? I mean, they start talking and they want to know, you know, you know, start saying all kinds of things. You know, Daddy, can I go to the mall? Can I have a phone? Where, you know, where were the dinosaurs in the Bible? What's your position on illegal immigration? Why don't I get, you know, everything I pray for? Why would God allow evil? And you're like, let's just go back to the little, you know, here's a seat, sit there, you know. But the truth is, if you are a parent, then you have a responsibility that God has given you. And the reason kids complicate us is because they also come with a responsibility. You got to take care of them. I mean, they, they can't do, if you, if you don't, they can't do nothing. They just, you know, they come and they, they don't do anything. You got to do it all. So you have that responsibility. But here's the bottom line. If you're a Christian, if you're a man who follows God, if you're a woman who follows God, you have an additional responsibility. In addition to just keeping them alive and giving them a solid foundation and helping them, you know, know how to navigate life, you are called to raise them to know and love Jesus. You're called to make a disciple in your home of those children, to teach them to follow Jesus, to teach them to know God, to teach them to walk with God. And the reason that's a challenge is because a lot of us are just like, man, that first responsibility, I feel like I'm barely getting that done. You know, we made it through today, got them where they needed to go, got their homework done, they're in bed, and I feel like I barely made it through that, and now, Pastor, you're telling me there's something else I got to do that I'm not doing, and it is. There's a responsibility on Christian parents, not just to raise kids who will be good, healthy citizens in the world, and, but to raise them to know and love God.
And that's a challenge. Because if you're a Christian, you probably say, yeah, I know that. And I even think it's important. But sometimes it feels impossible in the midst of everything else I have to do. Sometimes it feels like I know I need to do it, but I don't know how to do it and I can't do it. So I want to talk with us for a few minutes this morning about that, but also about these general principles of just discipleship. And I want to look at it as we started last week through the lens of the Lord's Prayer. And I said last week, the reason I want to look at our relationships this month through that lens is because it is a first-person plural prayer. It is our Father. It is not my prayer. It is not your prayer. It is not my Father. It is not your. It is our Father. It is a first-person plural. We're in this together. We're in relationship with one another, even as we are in relationship with God. And so it informs how we together relate to God. And so I want to look at just one line in that prayer this morning as we look at this idea of Christian parenting. But let's say the prayer together just before I do that. Why don't we stand? Let's stand and let's just ask as, as we pray this prayer. We're not just, we are praying this prayer together. And uh, the first couple words, pray then like this and let's do that. Pray then like this. Our Father. Yes, Lord, let this be our prayer. Our Father together. We are your church. You are our Father. Lead us. Help us to hear from you as your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Many of you grew up saying this prayer. Maybe you grew up in a more liturgical church and you grew up saying this prayer. Maybe you said this prayer almost as punishment sometimes and you had to say it multiple times at times or something like that. I don't know how you grew up. You learned it as a child. Maybe you haven't said it then. But it is a prayer of Jesus and it is given to us to understand how to relate to God and how we relate to God together. Last week we said one of the principles we can apply to marriage is that it's not my kingdom, it's not our kingdom, it is God's kingdom that we are supposed to be working to build. And if we just build my kingdom, we end up fighting. Even if we build our kingdom, we stop short of what God wants. But when we say, God, your kingdom, your will be done, then we're getting to the place where God has called us to be as a married couple. This morning, I want to look at one line together as we look at parenting, and that line is this, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Now, in one sense, for some of you who are parents, that can be very comforting, because what that says is you can ask God, and he can give you, and he, has, he will give you what you need for today. And sometimes that's all you need. Is you, sometimes you just need to know that God has given you enough grace for today. And God will give you enough grace for today. But I want to break down just these three words, our daily bread, and give you three quick principles about Christian parenting, but also about discipleship in general. And the first one is this. Christian parenting happens when you are close. 
Christian parenting happens when you are close. It starts out with our Father. In other words, we have to be in proximity to one another. Discipleship happens when you are in proximity to another person, when you are near another person. Discipleship happens when you are close to people, when they can see you follow God. Your kids will learn how to follow God by watching you follow God. But I think, as parents, many of us keep a distance and only let our kids see maybe a little bit of what it's like for us to follow God. We only let them see things that we think we get right, maybe, and we don't let them see things at times when we are following God and maybe we have to repent or ask forgiveness, or trust God for something that we don't know where it's going to come from. And because they never see those places, we do it from a distance, they never learn themselves how to trust God, how to repent, or how to ask forgiveness. For this to be our Father, Christian parenting needs to be done up close. Discipleship is kind of like flipping a pancake. You can't really do it from a distance. You gotta be up close, right? You can, some of us try, I think, to do it from a distance, but it needs to be done up close. There's um, this, give us this day our daily bread. When Jesus gave it to it, he was hearkening back to a very clear image in the minds of those he was talking to. And that was the time when God brought the Jewish people out of Egypt and he brought them into this desert place and talking one to two million people. There's no farms, there's no markets, there's no place for food. How are they gonna eat? God miraculously provided food and bread from heaven for them every day. They called it manna. And so in Exodus, speaking of uh, manna, this is what it says. Exodus chapter 16 says, now the house of Israel called its name manna, that bread that God gave them. They didn't know what to call it. Manna literally translates to the phrase, what is it? Because we don't know what it is. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moses says, look, keep some of this so that your kids through generations will know that God has provided for you. But here's the thing. When they collected that manna every day, the kids saw or the kids participated in it. We don't know how it went. If one person went out or they all went out, they either participated in it or they saw that. But every day, they would see their parents go out or they would go out, collect enough bread for the family for that day, eat it, and then it was gone. There's no cupboard. There's no cabinet. There's no Tupperware with a little manna for tomorrow. Like, it's gone. And the question has to be, will there be manna tomorrow? Will there be bread tomorrow? And the answer would be, well, we'll trust God tomorrow, just like we trusted God today. And you could understand what a spiritual lesson that would be and what a spiritual lesson I think sometimes we may lose 
today by not allowing kids into our sphere where we say, we'll trust God for this. We'll trust God that he will provide what we need in this situation. Maybe your cupboards are full and it's not food, but you have things in your life that you need to trust someone for. And you do trust someone for it. The question is, do you trust God for it? And do your kids, if your parents, are they allowed to see you trust God? Because some of us try and do discipleship from a distance. You know, it's like, uh, if I've got, I got these donuts here, and I like donuts, munchkins, I guess, and I want to share my munchkins with somebody. So I want to share my munchkins maybe uh, with, uh, who do I want to share my munchkin? Who wants one? Tom's looking at Tom, you want a munchkin? Uh, you don't. Craig might want a munchkin. I'm going to share it with Craig. Craig gets a munchkin. Yeah, you don't want to touch. There you go. I share my munchkin with Craig, and Craig's a good catch. Good catch, Craig. He has, a, he has the munchkin, and I get to share it with him, but that's not a very efficient way to share my munchkin with Craig because it could have got dropped. You know, I don't know. Someone could have knocked it down out of the air. A bird could have come in, I guess, and taken it. But it's not a very a more effective way would be to go over and talk with Craig and say, here, Craig, have, have a munchkin. Have a piece of bread. But I think sometimes we try and do discipleship from a distance. And we try and hope that it works and hope that they catch it and hope that we've thrown it good enough and hope that we've aimed it in their direction. But to be fair, we've never brought them close enough to let them see up close what it is to walk with. Now, I'm not saying, look, your kids are young. As they grow up, you need to expose them, you know, in layers to what, to what, to, to what you have and what, what you're going through with the Lord. But as they grow older, they should not leave the house without seeing you walk with God, trust God, love God. It is our Father that we are trusting for our daily bread. And so that daily part is the next part. Daily, give us this day our daily bread because Christian parenting happens, discipleship happens when you are consistent. It happens daily. And so this is where it comes in when you say, our life is busy, our life is crazy. Yep, it is. And it might be that you need to get rid of some of the busyness. I'm not, gonna, I'm not here to condone all the busyness we have in our lives. It might be you need to get rid of some of the busyness. It might be you have extra busyness that doesn't need to be there that you need to get rid of and create some margin in your family so that you can listen to God. But a lot of our lives are gonna stay busy. They're gonna stay hectic. They're gonna stay noisy in a lot of places. But in the midst of it, can you find places? Can you find places to daily point and uh, daily have places where you will draw them closer to God. Many of you do this already in at least a couple places, at least one. You'll go to lunch maybe this afternoon and before lunch, the food will come. I don't know, maybe, I don't know if you're before the appetizer people or before the meal people or I don't know which one you are before the salad. If you got to pray over the salad, I don't know which one you are. But, you know, the bread will come. Do we pray for the bread? Do we not pray for the bread? But at some point, many of you will say, let's give thanks or say grace or ask a blessing. And we do this because we have that bookmark. We have that kind of tab in our life that says, this is an opportunity to recognize God at work in our lives. This is an opportunity to say, thank you, God, 
Thank you. Because you have provided for us in the things that we need. You have provided for us. And at times for our kids, when we're younger, and even now, you know, we'll, we'll take times to talk about, okay, you know, what did God use to get this here, to make this happen? Thank you, God, for farmers who grew food. Thank you, Lord, for those who, uh, you know, truckers who drove trucks to bring the food to the grocery store. Thank you, Lord, for those at the grocery store that stocked the shelves, that sold it. Thank you, Lord for money that you have given to us to purchase the food that we eat. Thank you, Lord, for it all comes from you. It's a mile marker, just a place in my day, several times a day, you know, uh, that, that I do, but then we, as a family, say, God, this is from you. Or we say grace, which is a strange expression. We say grace. What we're really doing is recognizing the grace of God. Lord, you have been gracious, You've given us what we don't deserve. We eat what we did not farm. God, you've been gracious to us. Or we ask God's blessing. Lord, would you bless that which you've given to us? And we can rush past this so quickly. But what an awesome place, just in the midst of your day, to just recognize the presence of God in your life. To recognize that God is the source of all things we need and all things good. And my question is, are there other places in your day? That's one that's often been handed down to you. But what other places in your day with your kids, if you're a parent, can you also find places? Bedtime, maybe? Morning? What other places can you find times with your kids that you recognize on a daily basis? Because the truth is, we learn stuff daily, and you will learn to walk with God daily. You learn to drive. Remember when you learned to drive? You know, you do it one day, and then if they couldn't take you out to a week later, you had to relearn it. You're like, oh yeah, I got to push this pedal down, that pedal down. But if you did it daily, suddenly it became something that became easy and natural to you. We become so conditioned to things. I was telling the staff this week that one of the disciplines I was trying to practice uh, is in the morning is scripture before screen. And that sounds easy, right? But if you, maybe if you haven't tried it, you may not realize how hard it is. Because some of us has become so conditioned in the morning to open our eyes and flip this over. And this is the first thing we look at in the morning. And someone challenged me recently as I was reading a book to say, well, how about trying scripture before screen? How about making sure that the first voice in your head and in your heart every day is God's. And I thought, well, that's a, that's a good point. Why should someone who texted or tweeted overnight have the first voice, have the first word into my head instead of the God who watched over me during the night? But I was surprised how difficult it was. I was surprised because I thought, I haven't had a cell phone that long. Like, I haven't, and I certainly, you know, I, haven't, I had an alarm clock. Like, I don't need a phone in the morning. I was shocked at how much my body wanted to turn that over first thing. I was shocked at how consciously I had to say, nope, don't do that. And we get conditioned to things. We start to, you know, have these habits in our lives that we don't even realize. Why not make those habits also things that are subject to God daily. 
Why not help your kids find time during their day to create habits that are looking for God in the midst of their day? See, everything you do is discipleship. Because everything you do as a parent, there are little eyes watching you. And everything you do is discipleship. What you choose to do and what you choose not to do. What you choose to buy and what you choose not to buy. What you choose to say and what you choose not to say. Every setback, every achievement, every loss, every win, how you handle those, every death, every birth, every night, every day, every homework assignment, every bedtime, every promise kept, every promise broken, every song, every silence, every raised voice, every television show, every movie, every sickness, every healing, every Sunday morning, every Thursday night, every secret kept, every truth revealed, everything is teaching your children something about discipleship. It's teaching them something about God. It's teaching them something about who we trust. It's teaching them something about what we value. Daily, give us this day our daily bread. They got up every morning and collected that manna. See, when God was teaching Israel how to pass on the faith to their children in Deuteronomy chapter six, this is what he said. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Now, how do you pass them on? You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. That pretty much includes all your life and all your day. Talk about the Lord. See, some of us will say, give us this day our daily bread, but we really mean give us this week our weekly bread. Because be careful that you don't walk out that door today and then stop talking about God until you walk back in next Sunday. Because that won't do it. That won't create a disciple. That won't bring someone and help them to know what it is to follow God working this into the midst of our day, working this into the midst of our life. Now I, now I say that, and some of you are saying, man, that's, that's hard. And I know, I'm not saying, look, we don't all get this right. We don't get this perfect. But here's what we're aiming for. And, I'm, and my prayer at the end of this message in just a few minutes is gonna be that God, the Holy Spirit, will help you to find those places in your day, to have the courage and the boldness and the wisdom to be able to lead your children in those ways. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Here's the thing. When you, if it's just the hour, and if it's just the daily, you may be parenting, but you're not Christian parenting. Give us this day our daily bread. Christian parenting happens when you point to Christ. It's not just about being close. It's not just about being consistent. It's about pointing them to Christ. Give us this day our daily bread. I have to imagine that Jesus' followers 
on that night just before he went to the cross would have hearkened back to that prayer when he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given for you. Jesus is, at another place, says, I am the bread of life. He is the bread. The manna that the Israelites ate in the wilderness was really a symbol of Jesus Christ, that he is really what they needed. When Jesus was being tempted in the desert, He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So give us this day our daily bread is pointing our children to what they really need, and what they really need is Christ. See, you and I will rely on something for our daily needs, and your kids will notice what you rely on, and you will pass on what you rely on. They'll pick up on it. They pick up on what's important. And they follow your lead. I get a little, I get a little, uh, I cringe a little when I go out with my kids. If I were traveling, we were recently, not too long ago in New York. And then uh, someone will say, uh, you know, we'll get on a conversation of baseball because my kids love baseball. And then someone will say they're Yankees fans. And I'm like, oh. I cringe because I know my kids are going to say something. Uh, I don't know what they're going to say, but they're, they're going to say something. Because my kids are Red Sox fans, because we're Red Sox fans, because they caught that. Your kids are going to catch what you think is important. They'll catch what you rely on. They'll catch what's important to you. They live in your house. They'll catch it. And what you rely on, you'll pass on what you rely on. Wendy was telling me, I was talking to, this, about, to her about this message a little bit, and she was saying one time in her own life that this happened is when her mom, after her dad had died when she was younger, Wendy's dad had died, so her mom was taking care of the household, and her mom was, would pay the bills every month, and she would spread out the bills on the kitchen table, and Wendy would come up and she'd ask her, you know, Mom, which bill do you pay first? How do you do this? And uh, she said, my mom's answer was, well, the first thing we do is we tithe and we give God uh, the tithe because he is the one who has provided for us and he is the one we were trusting to provide for us. And she never forgot that lesson because in that moment, she pointed to Christ. In that moment, she pointed not to herself, and she was a bookkeeper. That's what she, she could have easily said, well, here's how you pay bills. Here's how you take care of things. Here's how you take care of you. Here's how you balance your checkbook. Could have easily been a moment for that. But instead, it was a moment to point to Christ. Here's your daily bread. Here's what you really need. Here's who you really need to rely on. Our daily bread See, the reality is I think we are often tempted to make disciples of ourselves instead of disciples of Christ. I think sometimes we're tempted to make kids, if we're parents, in our own image instead of remembering that they have been created in God's image and they are to be conformed to the image of Jesus. My kids aren't to look like me. Only in as much as I look like Jesus do I want my kids to look like me. My kids were created to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And so were yours.
And so we lead them. Give us this day our daily bread. So these three places, where are you today as a parent, Christian parenting? Maybe you need to be closer to your kids. Maybe you need to create space so that you can be close, so that they can see you. Maybe you've been treating your kids, and this, I, I, I fall into this, I'm guilty of this all the time. I treat my kids younger than they are. I don't think they can handle sometimes certain conversations or topics. And maybe you need to open yourself up, your faith up a little bit, and let your kids see you trust God. Or maybe you need that consistency. Look for times in your day that you can work God into it. What's that look like? Well, you need to forgive your sister. I don't want to forgive my sister. Well, you need to because that's what nice people do. No, because God forgave you. And because God forgave you, he calls you to forgive others. And you work this in. You say, this, we do this because this is who God is. You do, we do this. This is how we live because this is who the God who we serve is. And I know you don't have all the answers. But give us this day our daily bread. God will give you what you need today to parent and to lead your children. And so we endeavor at Mount Hope to help you do that as best we can. So we have um, resources that are available to you. And I just, for the last minute we have, I'll ask our worship team to come back just as I'm talking about these. You know, what do we do? You are the parents. We are not. You are ultimately responsible for your kids' knowing and, and coming to God. You are ultimately the one that's called it. So we recognize that. We don't try to, to, to be the parents. You're the parents, but we try and come alongside you as a church and give you whatever we can to help you. So some resources we have available to you. The number one one is our Kids Adventure Ministry that's going on right now. And thank God, I thank God and I thank you, those of you that serve, those of those that are serving right now. I'll tell you this, last week we had a wonderful blessing and a wonderful opportunity. <laughs> Last week, I think we had the largest attendance, non-Easter attendance that I ever can recall at Mount Hope on here, between here in Burlington and here in Belmont, which was wonderful and also created an incredible opportunity for more people to help work with kids. I think we had 85 kids here last Sunday morning, just in Burlington. And, uh, and we need some people who aren't serving to help step up. Thank you to those who are serving, but we need more people to help step up and lead and minister to our kids. So that's the number one thing I think we have available. We also have the Parent Q app. How many have the Parent Q app? Anyone in here have the Parent Q app? So the Parent Q app can help you with the daily stuff. Daily, because here's what happens. You put your kids in there, download it, it's free, and it goes along with our curriculum that they learn on Sundays, and it goes along with their age level. So if I go into the Parent Q app right now, and I pull it up, what it does, the first, the first thing is pretty sobering, because my son comes up, there's Isaac, and what it says is, Isaac is 757 weeks old. And that's interesting, but not that important. But what's important is the other thing it says. It says, with Isaac, I have 194 weeks until he moves on out of my house. Now that's different. I got 194 weeks until he is 18 and he is out of the house. 
And next week I have 193 and 192 and 191. That's not a sad thing. That's a reality. It's a limited window that you have to make these disciples. It's a limited window. You don't have forever. You got now. You don't have forever. You got time to pour Christ into them for a little while. And then they're out. And you may have some influence on them. You will. You'll still have some, but you won't have the same influence that you have now. So the Parent Q app, download it. It has, so you can go on it, and it'll tell you, you know, if I go into Isaac, you know, here's remember this, read this, think about this, do this. Here's something you can talk about on your drive. Here's what my, you know, ninth grader is going through right now, you know. It's helpful. So that's one app. Right now, media is available for you because you're at Mount Hope. We pay for a subscription for everyone at the church. You can um, right now go to mounthope.org slash right now and request it and we will approve you and you can have access to all those videos. There's helpful parenting videos. There's Bible studies. There's kids shows. There's all kinds of stuff on right now media and you can get it on all your devices and you have access to that because you come to Mount Hope and we pay for that subscription for you. And so there's that. Each week, each month, uh, focus on the family bulletins we put out by our connection center for our kids. Pick those up. You go and sign your kids in. Grab one of those. There's some great tips in there as well. Uh, Focus on the family magazine. If you have dedicated your children at Mount Hope, you know that you have received a two-year subscription to Focus on the Family magazine because when you dedicate your kids, that's our gift to you. But anyone can subscribe. Those are great tips, different phases in life where your kids are. Another resource for you there as well. Ignite, grade 6 through 12, our Ignite student ministry led by James. Wednesday night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. Bring your teenagers, kids, tweenagers out and uh, we'll minister to them. And the other one I thought of this, uh, I don't have a slide for, but it occurred to me, is also here. Our school um, is here. It's the largest ministry of our church. There are 310 students, I think, in our school this year. And uh, Monday through Friday, uh, preschool through grade five, uh, there are teachers here that are teaching them academically, emotionally, physically, all of that, and spiritually, teaching them to love Jesus and a biblical worldview. And our Mount Hope School is another resource. And none of those uh, on their own, or they're not going to do it. You're the parent. You're the one that's ultimately going to shape your kids for Jesus. But those are ways that we try and help and come alongside you to do that. Here's the final thing. You can't do this on your own. You're not a perfect parent. And neither am I. You will and have gotten it wrong. Sometimes I've done it this week, and I will tell you the time that you notice how many times you get it wrong is the week you have to preach a sermon on it. <laughs> and you and the devil will try and get at you going, how can you preach on parenting after that? Because we all get it wrong. We all fall short at times. You're not a perfect parent. That's okay. God knows you're not a perfect parent. But remember how the prayer starts. Those moments when you realize that you've missed the mark. Those moments when you realize that you missed an opportunity. Those moments when you realize that you blew it. And am I ever going to get this right? Remember how the prayer starts. Our Father. Lord, you alone. You're their real Father. You're their real parent. 
you're the one they need most of all. And you're the one I need. And so, Lord, lead us. Lord, be our Father. And Lord, teach me to teach them to know you as their Father. And there is grace available for you. And there is grace available for you. And if you're sitting here and you think, man, when my kids were young, I wish I did this. I wish I did more. I wish I knew this. Our Father, God, you are still in control. You are still leading them. God, you can reach them. Lord, touch them. Lord, draw them to yourself. Continue to pray for them. Continue to trust God for them. Lord, our Father and our God, pray first of all, Lord, for the parents who are in here this morning. I pray that you would provide for them what they need on a daily basis from you. Lord, I pray that you would help us as moms and dads. Lord, uh, not to be perfect because we won't be, but to continue to strive after you and continue to not miss the opportunity and the mission that you have given to us in our own homes. Lord, if we are busy about all kinds of other things, but we miss making disciples in our own home, then, Lord, we miss one of the greatest opportunities and responsibilities that you have given to us. So, Lord, help us. Lord, there's so many distractions and so many things that pull us away. But, Father, this morning, as we take these few minutes to focus on this important task, I pray for moms and dads, the ones that right now are feeling the conviction and maybe even feeling heaviness. God, I pray that you would lift them up and strengthen them and let them know that you are with them. Let them know that you are the one who fights the battles. Let them know that you are the one who has called them to this task and you are the one who is committed to equipping them with everything they need for all you have called them to be and do. Lord, I pray that you'll bless that mom, this right now, the dad right now that's feeling like they blew it this week and they missed it and they messed up. Lord, would you extend your grace and your forgiveness and your strength even as they lead their children? God, I pray for those parents of adult children that maybe have walked away from you, that you would encourage them to be faithful in prayer, to keep praying for them, to keep bringing them before you. And Lord, I pray for those children that have walked away, God, that you would call them back that you would let them know how much you love them, that you would let them know that you have created them, that you want them, that you love them. Lord, for those who are following you and serving you, keep them, protect them, watch over them. Lord, as they draw near to you, would you be faithful to your word and draw close to them as well? Lord, teach them to grow up, to be men and women who love you and serve you. And may we as a church do what you have commanded us to do, to pass on to the next generation what we have received from you, that they might know you as their God. In Jesus' name.